Welcome to Squeamish, the podcast that awakens your social sensibilities. Each episode, I have stimulating and organic roundtable conversations with guests about social commentary issues. Whether it's pop culture and media or social justice, I have got you covered. Today, we will be tackling the N-word. Some people like to say it, some people don't. Some people wish they could say it, and some people would never say it. We'll dive in to find out why people on either side find this word so appealing. Our guest speakers are Joel Moore Jr., Victor Dandridge, Sean Carroll, and Vanity Delbridge. I am your host, Glory Aguamuamati. Let's dive in. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so... Absolute um, pleasure. Yes, thank you, Victor. Um, so who would like to, you know, jump in? Ooh, that's a heavy task. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I guess I'll start. So um, I'm Vanity. So for me, um, I come from a diverse background. Like, I've been around all different races. And I've heard, you know, people that I'm friends with have used it. I guess in the moment, it didn't register. Like, why are you saying that? But mm-hmm. afterwards, it's like, why are you saying that? Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes when you confront someone not to pick a fight or anything, mm-hmm. they don't know how to uh, react to you coming up to them and saying, hey, you know, why Why are you speaking on this, this matter or this subject? They don't understand. And a big part of that is because, as you said, um, usually this particular topic is one-sided. So for me, I guess I was neutral, but at the same time, I know it's wrong. And I had to think about how am I going to approach this person without them feeling, getting defensive. Yeah. And so in terms of like one-sided, I believe, Joel, you said like... Yeah. And just just to speak to what she said, mm -hmm. I think... um, the N-word means something different for people who had to code switch, right? Like if you lived in a if you lived in a different environment than you went to school in. Mm-hmm. I think that because we kind of both ex- we experienced both sides and we heard white people say the N-word, it does affect how you see yourself, right? And mm-hmm. the experience you have is that you don't want to be combative mm-hmm. with your other with your fellow students and argumentative, but you want to educate them. And that's difficult because you don't want to mm-hmm. seem like the angry black person exactly yeah. <laughs> Ooh, so, can, can i can i ask you guys some questions on that because yeah. that's a that's an interesting concept um i i fear that i might be the oldest person in this conversation uh i'm tiptoeing towards 40 so mm-hmm. i perhaps grew up in a different time period of that word use so you're saying that in a, in a code switching sort of uh aspect where you're involving yourself with other cultures of people that don't necessarily look like you, um, but they feel comfortable using it. Is that is that an aspect of that? Yes. Yeah. Essentially. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very. That's, that's very different than how I grew up. Now, mind you, I'm from you know the Midwest. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and while I am an advocate of code switching, um, because I do think that having vernacular abilities as well as dynamic speaking abilities in other circles is just smart. I think it's it's one thing to be able to communicate with people on multiple levels. But in that 
in that other side, like when I'm at home and I can have that home vernacular, it was more commonly used. I rarely, if ever, had someone not of my culture use that term with any sort of ease. Like that's a very interesting thing. And I think it definitely shows a change of, of this conversation that there's now this growth of the argument that it should be more acceptable for younger generations to use universally than it was for my generation. It was never a question, which I think is very, very interesting. Yeah, um, certainly. I think one of the things that, for me, I went to a predominantly white uh, college, and in my, you know, I, I grew up and went to a predominantly black elementary junior high and high school. And so it was very much growing up in Brooklyn. That's the word, that's how it's used. Um, it's used very much so like comfortably and freely, but it was amongst black people. Um, right. And it was very much, it wasn't like, oh, this is like a horrible word. It's just like, it just represented different feelings. Right. And it was, it meant friend or it meant like, you ain't shit, basically. Right. Um, so <laughs> right. um, so it, it represented different things. But then when I went to predominantly white school, um, I realized like there were kids who were grow like who grew up in like you know different parts of like New York that like they were around black kids who said you know like who allowed them to say that like and be like oh that's my friend so yeah he could he has he gets a pass you know and so it's kind of like interesting when you're like in that situation because you want to be when me and Joel talked about this uh, mm. the usage of the word the n word is sometimes. We use it because it's cool, right? And you want to you want to fit in. You want to be self. Um, you want to be someone that is in the in crowd or right. in hip hop, like you know, in hip hop culture. Like and, a com and we said, yeah, we said like a conversation about the N word is a conversation about hip hop, right? Exactly. Because it's, because it reintroduced the N word to the public, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so hard about Black culture is that we have this world stage where like everything that we do and everything that we say is up for debate with people who are not black. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have a say in it because introducing the N-word to the public and to hip-hop and to music ridiculously affected our internal conflicts. Now mm -hmm. our internal conflicts are like world discussions that we should really be having on the inside of our race. It would be a situation where like I remember being at a party and like it would just be playing, it would be playing in music and um, hip hop music, rap music is very popular in, in college and just in general right now. And so people will say it and you're just like that one black person. And like, I've noticed that a lot of times black people always have to be like, not only um, the the victim, but also like the teacher, as Joel has said, like you have to not only understand that that word is horrible, but then you have to teach people like, hey, don't say that, which is like, why do I need to say that? it'll be in situations where I'm like having a good time and then I'm look, looking over and I see it and like I hear it and I'm like, wait, I want to tell them like, stop. But it's like, sometimes I have to think about, should I put myself in that situation? Should I have to break in, out of my shell to tell somebody that's wrong when they should just know that's wrong? I don't remember vividly, but I would, it probably wasn't passing, you know, just leaving school or something or just being out somewhere and a group of people that are not black, mm -hmm just happen to it's used very loosely mm -hmm. and I want to me as a, a black woman I wonder like do you understand what it actually means 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not just the word itself. There's a lot of uh, history that is attached to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So personally, I would prefer someone not to use it. But on the flip side, because we use it amongst ourselves, um, mm-hmm. like you said, it has different meaning, you know, you vibing with someone or you ain't about nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And a white, you know, someone who is not of black descent or African-American mm-hmm. will take that and run with it. Yeah. But it, it's not okay. Yeah. I don't believe it makes it right. Um, there are things that we don't particularly do that is associated uh, with, you know, the European race. Mm-hmm. So I personally would want it to be respected and um, not used out of context. Yeah. If, you know, I had to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, Sean, yes. you know, as a white man. The white, <laughs> the white perspective. Let's bring this in. Um, so, you know, as a white man, um, when was the first time you heard uh, the N-word? And, like, did like when did you, did you know it was wrong? Or, like, yeah. when did you know it was wrong? Or... I don't. I don't know exactly. Again, I don't know exactly when the first time was. I do remember, as a, a younger kid, probably like eight or nine, seeing Blazing Saddles, where they use that <laughs> word. Yeah, they use that word as a punchline in a way, and it's written. I mean, it's written by Richard Pryor, but also, um, uh, uh, what is it, Mel Brooks? Mel Brooks, right? Yeah. A white yeah. Jewish writer, but it's used. It's put in the mouth of idiots in the movie, right. and it's used knowingly. Not just as like a frivolous punchline. And I remember watching that and laughing and watching it with my parents and laughing. And like my mom or my dad explaining to me like how what that word actually is or that it's bad and that you can't just throw it around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, growing up, I grew up in a very my school district was like all what I think we had a we had a class of like 750. I would say probably 730 of us were white, but it was all types of white. We had rich white and poor white and everything in between. And so it wasn't thrown around. I don't, I mean, maybe I just have like blinders on my ears. I don't remember it being thrown around with malice too often. I I know definitely when I was playing football on the line, we would hear, I'd hear it then, but nothing in school where it was directed at someone uh, to, to hurt them in any way. I don't have a memory of that. I imagine it must have been happening and maybe I wasn't there, but no memory of that. But like you were saying before about being at parties and everything, like I've been at parties. I've been at, you know, many uh, concerts where hordes of drunk white girls are screaming that word, but it's part of the lyrics. So is mm-hmm. that, does that change at all? Like what, it, it, since their intent is just to be singing along, ha- like going along with the song, a song they probably sing in their car alone with friends mm-hmm. and they, you think it's it's kind of almost uh, diminishing the the power of the word when they do that, or like is it is it does it feel wrong, or do, do you see how it, it it is part of a lyric, but it still is mm-hmm. the word? So Ooh, can I jump in on that one? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> okay, so um, what's funny is I, I have uh, teenage sons. Uh, my my sons are seventeen, soon to be sixteen, and then soon to be fourteen. And they're at an age now where they are more open to different forms of music and especially hip hop culture uh, of today. And there came a point where the question was, could they say the lyrics um, of some of their songs, even if they were, you know, somewhat, you know, perverse or derogatory or even cursing. And I think 
the the real answer to that question falls into that same line of a child saying the lyrics of a song that has curse words and whether or not they would do so around their parents. It becomes a matter of context. Yes, those are the lyrics, but even as a child, we know like you couldn't necessarily get away with that. You know what I mean? Like um, I, I think my mother was very liberal, especially when it came to music, but it wasn't until I was 16, 17 that I ever felt comfortable dropping any sort of curse word from a song in front of her because I recognized that that's not right. And, and again, the N-words use is, in my opinion, is always about context. It's not just a matter of who is saying it, it's how you say it, when you say it, why you say it. And that becomes the thing that a blanket universal allowance never takes into consideration. When that question becomes, you know, well, why can't I say it? It's a matter of there's a lot of context as to why you can't say it. It's, it's really being discerning of that fact. One of my favorite, you know, conversation points is um, when Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, I think she posted on Instagram years ago, she was at a Jay-Z and Kanye concert and she, you know, put the, the term niggas in Paris. Well, people got upset, but that's actually the name of the song. It's not just her singing a lyric where she could have omitted it. It's the name of the song. Mm -hmm. That's, that is a contextual allowance, in my opinion, because she's only saying what it's called. She's mm -hmm. not asking for any further allowance or context, just simply, this is what it's called. Um, in the same way that if there's ever the conversation of whether or not the N-word should be removed from Huck Finn, you have to say the word in order to acknowledge that it's in this book, that's context. It's not, you know, you're not racist if you're like, well, listen, Huck Finn has the word nigger in it. Should we take that out? I wouldn't be like, oh, you can't say that. Mm -hmm. It's context, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we don't have as a part of this conversation. I've... Oh, okay. Oh, um, oh. Two things, um, really quickly. On Sean's thing, you said, like, you've heard it said, like, when you were playing football to, um, like, to other people. So the school that you went to, if it was 70, 730, like, white people, right, was the majority of the football team, were they saying that to a white, another white person? Like, No, it was, the, it was the, the black schools at us. That's when we would hear it. No one oh. was saying it on the team. I mean, like, when we were on the line playing another team, it would get said at us almost. As, like, I mean, when you're playing football, like, when you're on the line, the most intimidating, crazy stuff is said back and forth, mm -hmm. just to like, get in your head. And that's, I remember hearing it then. But as far as the team, there weren't that many black kids, even on the team, that would throw it around too much. I didn't hear it thrown around casually like that too often mm -hmm. until college when I lived with a few black guys that would throw it around. But in life, in school, it, it didn't, there weren't enough. That's what it was. They, it was an all-white school almost. Like yeah. I didn't hear it thrown around too much. So white people didn't say it to white people. They only said it when it was like they were wrong. Oh, they they definitely didn't say it to the black. <laughs> they didn't say it was. Oh, I okay. would hear it at said at this point. I would like to to talk about like my first. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. <laughs> With the N word. Okay. Yes. So um, I grew up in this in the South, right? Mm -hmm. So, and my upbringing was very like Motown, like Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, the Supreme, like that type of mm -hmm. energy, right? It was very much like a class act, mm -hmm. you know, type of black upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I had a certain amount of respect for myself and a certain amount of respect for music, right? And because of that, <clears throat> it made it very difficult to ingest hip-hop or to or to 
like hip hop culture because I grew up in that where that environment where my mother played like you know old Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. albums and yeah. stuff like that. The so, yeah, the classic, the classics. So I really had a nervous complex around hip hop or just that culture and and seeming like I was from that background. So through school, you know, I was taught a respecting black person, you, you know, you don't really play hip hop or you don't like it. You like, like jazz and like the blues and like Motown and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. when I got into a, a white private school, <laughs> that's when I was introduced to hip hop. And I, and it was so weird because they had, so I was like in a prison as far as like not wanting to like hip hop because I felt like it was a reflection of my character. Because when you are a black person and you like hip hop, it becomes a reflection of your character mm. because of the way you wear your pants, because of the way that you dress, right? Mm-hmm. And what bothered me was that white people had the freedom to love hip-hop and to love the culture, and it was no reflection in their character at all. They would go home, and they would go to, to back to their big houses and, and their big lives, and it was not a reflection of who they were. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if I liked hip hop, if I enjoyed it, it became a reflection of who I was and, and my intelligence. And they get to they get to enjoy hip hop and Drake and Chris Brown and all that stuff and still like white stuff and still be white. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like like but we have to anytime we enjoy something that's considered black or something that's considered hip hop culture, it's a reflection of our intelligence and our character. And that that's what bothered me. Mm. I think that hip hop can be intelligent. I just feel like there's just different ways that hip hop goes, um, but obviously mainstream hip hop is always mainstream hip hop is always uh, kind of just big butts, mm-hmm. drugs, and you know certain kind. Like sometimes it's a lifting message, but it's just kind of the same like I'm better than you kind of message. But um, someone said to me, um, they were a white person. They said, if you can say, why can't I? And it was like, you know, why is it that like I can't say this cool word that's in mainstream, you know? media like it's everywhere it's it's like i can't escape from it and it just comes into idea of black people always having to like having to accommodate for every everybody else's uh wanting to be in the crowd like i remember i was listening to a a show and like someone said like this word has always been like this word has always been used this word before was used horribly and like was what was the word that was used before black people were lynched or raped or something bad happened to them. And then we finally, like, finally our generation took it and made it to something beautiful and made it to a word of endearment. And now you as a white person is like, but why can't I be a part of it? Like, why can't I be in this situation? Like, I want to be cool too. But it's like, no, you, when it was horrible, you were, you weren't really there. You were there because it was horrible and you wanted to use it. But now that it's cool, you want to use it. It's not fair. So I feel like, uh, Black people, in terms of like having to look a certain way or right. making sure that they don't look, I feel like black people always have to be on. If I if I carry myself this way, like it was like a prison. It was pretty much a prison. It was like a cultural prison. Like you feel you feel like if you enjoy it or you like hip hop culture, it somehow been you know makes you beneath other people. While mm-hmm. the white kid, the rich white kids, were saying the N word and and you know playing hip hop music and being both and could be both. Yeah, and enjoy both and go home to their parents. And I do feel that, like, um, um, people enjoy the fun of being black. Yeah. Like, people enjoy the fun part. They enjoy the music. They enjoy the clothes. They enjoy the twerking, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they enjoy all the fun things about it. But they don't 
they don't understand the hurt and pain behind it. It's fun to hear Ice Cube say, F the police. Mm. Yeah. It's fun to hear that. But you don't see when he was living in a two-bedroom two house, you know, in Compton. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't see the f- empty fridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't hear, you don't see the pain behind it and the hurt behind it. You just see the fun of it. And, yeah. and you enjoy the fun of it. Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber, same thing. So, Joel, so you were saying the first time you heard it, because of you were brought up with this, you know, Aretha Franklin and all this, and didn't listen to hip hop. Were you saying that you were introduced to it not as a term in, of endearment, but something that it wasn't even said in your house? Is that what you're saying? Like, because yeah. okay, yeah, all right. no, not at all. Like, like hip hop was like, and I, it was also a Christian background, so hip hop was like, oh my god, vulgar, you know. Mm-hmm. And right. I think um, now I just listen to what I want because I've gotten older and I understand yeah. that I have that same freedom. It as was a white a, person. Yeah, as a white person. I have the same freedom to enjoy a, a horrible song about twerking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and feel like it's not a reflection of who I am. Yeah. But back Can then, I just tell you that I think you are absolutely one of the bravest persons I know to be able to vocalize mm-hmm. that feeling. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's, it's beautiful that you could self-reflect and recognize that that's how you felt and then be able to articulate that. I, I got to give you mad credit Mm -hmm. because that's not something that enough people do so please know that i am i am thoroughly impressed by your your self-reflection on that one Mm -hmm. thank you and um okay so i wanted to talk about the topic that you were talking about um gwyneth paltrow and the fact that she you were saying that it's okay to say it if it's like it's in the text and if it's in the you remember you said uh right she it's, saying, it's the it was the name of the song yeah not yeah. not a, a provocative lyric within the song so it's not it's not a term that you had to seek within the the the, the song itself mm-hmm. it is literally in the name yeah. so by naming the song um you're being authentic to what the actual creator uh wanted that's yeah. their name you know that's yeah. the name that they put out there um, if they didn't want people to say it, then you probably should not have made that the name, which is, you know, I think that's a fair statement. But once you start getting into the context of the lyrics, that becomes a little bit harder to justify because it took it. It's it's not um, it's almost like cherry picking. You're you're choosing to say this term when, um, as, as you said before, that it really hasn't been earned by you to say this term. You have not, yeah. you haven't suffered, yeah. you haven't struggled. That's why um, I think it's very interesting when people say, well, if you can, why can't I? It's because we're not equal. Yeah, We've never exactly. been equal. Right. And that's the thing that a lot of a lot of non-people of color of today don't understand that concept. They believe that we've moved progressively far enough beyond that we are equal. And it's like, no, we will never, ever be equal. At best, what we can do is be equitable. Yeah. And in that sense of yeah. equity, that's that's the only way in my reasonable mind that a black person can be racist. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a negative in a, in, a, in a way, because what we're telling you is that by a, the, the value of your skin tone, there's something you can't do. And it is say this word. You are not safe if you say this word based on your skin tone. That is an equitable response to what this word has been done, you know, how it's been used mm-hmm. against us, towards us, to define us. Once we took it, it belongs to us, and it's never going to be yours again because yeah. the way you use it has never been the right way to use it. 
not even now. You still can't even use it correctly because you're using it to try to be like us when you are not us. Yeah. And you'll never, you know, you'll never cross that threshold. Now, there are some people I will, I will fully give context to. Um, there are some people that are not uh, people of color um, that if they say it, there is an, an immersion in culture that they have earned. Again, that's the whole aspect. You have to earn being in that space to be able to do that. So how do um, you earn it? It's not given for everybody. It's not. You know, it's, it's up there with, as we jokingly say, some people are invited to the cookout. Some people are not. You know, mm-hmm. there's. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, how do you? How earn, do you earn it? Yeah, like, cause it's like, are you saying that like a white person can earn, like, saying the n word? Sort of. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 definitely. Just for the record, for the record. Actually, we have talked because. Yeah, I'm not taking notes over here. That's not true. No, no, I was a little bit older. No, I'm definitely. It takes a lot of work. Okay, it takes a lot of work. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to call her out by name, but I'll be polite in that way. But my ex-wife's mother is white. Mm-hmm. However, the the way she presents herself, the way she has uh, involved herself in black culture, she's called me a nigga lovingly. And it, it did not offend me mm-hmm. because she had earned that place with me. Yeah. Like it, like now she wouldn't do it in casual space yeah. because again, context is everything. Yeah. So she has, she has earned a space where in that vernacular, as I'm talking with my friends, as I'm talking with my family, she could be like, nigga, please, you know better. And, and she's calling me out on me being yeah. of, of a certain type. Yeah. And she wasn't wrong. Yeah. Her, her word use was a matter of authentic, authenticity or oh, sorry, excuse me, uh, authentication, uh, authenticity of my action. She was getting yeah. me where I was and brought me back to the right level. She was coming to where I was. If I stooped to a level, she stooped with me and went there and was like, so what you going to do? Mm-hmm. And that's part of her upbringing. That's where she grew up. Despite her white skin, she has very black tendencies. She's and I knew that coming in like a lot. Okay. Like, so I, I actually had to talk about, so first and foremost, yeah. so do you think Rachel Do Dozol can say, do, do, I can't pronounce her name. I'm so sorry. I, I, I know you're talking about. You think she can you know say what? the N word? We yeah, know who you're talking about. I'll be, okay. So I will only speak for me. And here's again, part of the context, because I believe that she is not only wanting to claim the, the, the prosperity of blackness, but she is very willing to suffer any sort of indignity of blackness. Yes. Okay. Because she's willing, she's 100% willing to, to get all of it. Yeah. So um, I would I would give her that allowance because she is absolutely like it's not this, you know, separated idea. She's very much so like bring on the black, all of it. Yeah, I would okay, so let me talk to you guys about something. So I went so when I was Go in ahead. the predominantly white school, I did have a couple of white friends who they were they grew up in like areas close to the Bronx and they were around a lot of black kids. And I remember it was like the first few uh days or months of like school freshmen's um and he was just like oh can i can i like call you my nigga like you know basically like it was just kind of that um conversation was had 
And I was like, what? Like, he was like, yeah, like my, my black friends let me say it. And so he grew up around a lot of him and like, I guess some of the kids, they grew up around a lot of black kids and they were able to let them say that. And I, and I feel like because I was a freshman and I was, it was that time period where um, one of the things I've realized uh, in terms of when black people let white people say the F word is that there's a, there's a, and I apologize, I don't want you to feel offended by this, but I felt a, a lack of self-respect for myself and self-love for myself mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, I felt weird about the, the fact that he said that and they said that, but I was like, oh, I want to be cool. I want to be friends with these people. They're not, they don't, like, and I knew they weren't saying it like maliciously, but it was like, oh, they're not saying it bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll let them say it um, and like, we'll be okay. But it still hurt occasionally. And like, I would, it got to a point where I was like, you can't say that like a few months later. Is it because I, he asked you permission? Um, it it wasn't even I think it's that's good that he asked for permission, but like it was because it was he thought he could say it. Like it was because he thought he could ask like he could say it and like be okay with saying it because he had a black friend who said, Oh yeah, you can say it because right. you know, you're my nigga, whatever. But like truly I don't think you should ever feel comfortable to like put that pressure on another black person just because one black person right. says, Yeah, whatever, you can say it. You know, I feel like that's what happens when, you know, we get so comfortable with this word and we forget that it like it almost like allowing people to say it who are not black almost dehumanizes the word right. and makes it less um, of a demeaning word towards us. And like you can't lie and say that that doesn't hurt you at a certain point. Like, unless oh, you, like, like even even if you like feel like that person is like the blackest white person, like the most white chocolate white person you've ever met. Like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm definitely not <laughs> trying to make the whole, if you can say it, I can say it argument. I don't even think, you know, that kid should have even asked you that mm-hmm. right, even right. in that way. Um, but Joel, I'm just curious because uh, you were making some faces when he was telling the story about his mother-in-law. Do you think you could never get to that point with no. any white person to feel no, that no. comfort? And and so in that case, I guess it is like a an, an individual comfort type of yeah, thing. It's, it's a definitely yeah, yeah. an individual because there's diversity of people and there's diversity of thought. We all yeah. have different mm-hmm. thoughts and we all have different mm-hmm. beliefs. I personally um, have this problem with the nigga performance, like people who perform nigga, like, you know what I mean? Like, what people, mean? like yeah. they walk around in like 10, like, mm-hmm. well, Oh, like, you, know, the, like, you mean black like, people or white people? White people. Or oh, just who, white like, people, non-black people who pretend to be, to who perform what it means to be a black person. Hmm. Or the stereotype of right. what it means. And that, that word was introduced by Bell Hooks, who was one of the greatest, um, like social commentators on this subject on like black masculinity mm-hmm. and the black culture so she um, she kind of came up with this idea that we're, it's more of a performance and because people watch us they can adapt that performance right mm-hmm. and they're like oh I'm down and it confuses us because we think oh um, they act black so they must you know that must be black let them in let them into the culture you know what I mean out. and I think I, I just feel like that's a weird that's a weird thing. And also, too, I'll, I'll say, if if I if I got permission from a woman and I said, I want to call you a bitch, I'm just going to call you a bitch. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? I shouldn't want to call her a bitch. Yeah, exactly. So So the burden shouldn't fall on her. It should fall on me. Mm-hmm. Even if you really want to say the word nigga as a white person, why do you want to say the word nigga? I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest yeah. thing. If you know that it has the tendency... Even with queer people in the F word, the F A G G, you know, mm-hmm. if I know that it's going to hurt you, yeah, why would I want 
the burden of having that hurt on you. So I think it goes into what we were talking about in terms of self-love, self-respect, and on all sides. I think that not only black people lack a sense of like self-awareness when it comes to like allowing a, another like person who's not black say, to say the N-word, um, there's also the sense of insecurity of like, I won't be able to be part of this in crowd if I don't let people say it. And then for a white person, it's like, I want to be cool so bad and I, and I don't really know myself. A lot of times the people who say the, like who say nigga are young 20 something or 18 teenager mm -hmm. white males or white females. Like it's usually that. So um, there's a sense of like, I don't know myself yet, but I know that hip hop culture and pop culture is cool. And I know that this word is associated, um, unfortunately with cool. Um, so I'm going to say this word and somehow get a, it'll be my gateway into popularity or just being somebody. Um, and I feel like if people, if we taught people more about self-love, self-respect, more about knowing yourself and knowing you don't have to say that word, knowing that that word doesn't validate who you are as a person and how, and how you can express yourself, um, and still come off as a cool person. And if you understood that <laughs> you can be secure without that word, I feel like it would definitely change the conversation a bit um, and make it so that people don't have to say it. Um, but I also, yeah, it's, yeah, sorry, baby. Yeah, no, so I was just listening to everyone's um, input. Uh, a lot of it is a sense of entitlement. So in your case, when he said, hey, is it okay if I call you or say, Yo, my nigga. Mm -hmm. To me, that's entitlement. Mm -hmm. Because why are you asking me that in the first place? Even if we are friends, yeah, there there should be a boundary in place. There's a line that you shouldn't cross as my friend. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it goes back to entitlement. When you look at this world and the negative connotation that was attached to the word nigger, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our ancestors, mm -hmm. and now transcend generations, mm -hmm. and we change the connotation to the word. Right. But then you have people saying, oh, oh, my nigga. Even if you grew up around black people, to me, it still doesn't make it okay. So I agree with you. Yeah. I feel like as a black woman, or even yourself, Joel, as a black man, I would refer you to refrain from trying to refer to anybody whether I know them or not, as a nigga or what's up, my nigga. Like, yeah. there are other ways that you can communicate right. mm -hmm. with someone of a different race mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without having to use that word. Right. Yeah. I think it's definitely out of insecurity uh, that he would even ask that. Because what I've found, I don't know, when people, white people, try to act black or, like, appropriate the 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 culture in any way it seems like they think that's the way in to connect with a black person when really it's a repellent from what i've heard other black people talk about when mm -hmm. really it's just be be yourself be who you are don't yeah. try to wear the baggy pants and yeah. the tims don't try to be like them just be who you are that's mm -hmm. what they're judging of course there's going to be cultural differences between so many different types of people mm -hmm. but you shouldn't have to appropriate anything from them to connect, you just yeah. connect on a on a person to person level. Yeah. Even if you know, wear different clothes, have different interests, whatever, right. it's a person to person thing, and it's just it's it's definitely insecurity, and I think that's what it comes out of. But again, I mean, it goes back to the the whole context mm. conversation too. I think Joel, I'm curious. You're a writer. I'm curious what you think 
about white writers using the word. You know, back to, uh, you know, how we were talking about how Huck Finn, they're trying to, you know, schools have talked about erasing that word out. That was from a long time ago. But even now, white writers using that word um, in the novel, in a screenplay, in whatever way. I mean, not just for Joel, but like for anyone. What do you, is, it, is it okay? Say you're writing a story that takes place in 1880s, like right. the South. Is it okay? Right, and, I, and the there, there have been writers who've had controversy over that. Right. Um, Catherine mm-hmm. Stockett, she's incredible. Love her, love the help, the, the, the book she right. wrote. Um, but she kind of got in trouble because... Uh, it, it was based off of a black mate that she knew, or, or it had something to do with a, a, a racist story, underlying story. And I don't know. I think I think that line is meant to be walked by the writer, because, like I said, the burden isn't on, the burden should be shouldn't be on the black person to decide what racism is. I'm a victim of racism. You yeah. see what I mean? Like it's not. It shouldn't be on the burden of women to decide what sexism is, or to or to to fix sexism. Men created sexism. It's up to men to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's up to white people to fix racism. I can't fix it. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a victim of it. I can talk about it. I can I can add my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I myself can't fix racism because I'm a victim of racism, like the victim hero thing we talked about. Yeah. And so I just think that, like, like the counter argument has always been that oh well, black people say the N word. Oh, they they say it to their friends. They discuss it. You know they say it in groups and stuff, but I feel like why are we held to a different standard? It's a lot of hypocrisy in a lot of different cultures. Yeah. It's a lot of different, it's a lot of cultures that eat things they shouldn't be eating. Yeah. It's a lot of cultures that, that wear things they shouldn't be wearing. And they, But yet we're viewed as the hypocrites, right? Because we say the N-word, even though the N-word has historical context. But that's because, like I said, we live on this world stage and we're exposed all the time, mm-hmm. 24-7. We never have, we're never able to have private discussions. And I think that's that's why people were so obsessed and loved Black Panther and Wakanda mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. it was hidden, mm-hmm. it was hidden, and and all and all the gifts and stuff that they collected was theirs. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And people romanticized that they romanticized it because we we still desire this privacy that we don't have to talk about the N word and to talk about this stuff, and yeah. it's always we're always embarrassed on a world stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't think we should have to be embarrassed about where that, at the end of the day, like, just understand. We, we want to say it as black people, and that's just kind of it. But, like, just to go into the topic of, like, why is the word so appealing? I want to start with you, Sean. Like, why do you think, I know you don't say it, but, like, why do you think white people find the N-word so appealing? I think it's it's just the taboo. It's like the taboo of anything else. It's like... When you're like five years old and your mom says like, don't go in that room. It's your, I don't know, the dad's office or don't, you know, you can't climb up that tree. It's just the appeal of not being able to do something, doing something taboo. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's as far as I can take it. I I would never go to the, I can't even imagine that kid asking you Mm -hmm. the permission to say it, but I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. And, you know, as far as I, I think thinking now, like I've heard it, coming out of white people's mouth singing, you know, mm-hmm. singing a song. Like I even last night I was sitting in my apartment and I heard my neighbors, you know, bla- blaring the the little Wayne classic uh rich as fuck. And so <laughs> and so I know I've listened to that song many times in the car with friends and I you know, they probably said 
that they probably said that when when it came up, but it mm-hmm. wasn't because like, oh, this is our one chance to say it. It was just saying the word. So, but as far as the people who want to say it, I think it is that taboo. It's that wanting to be connected immediately and not trying to go for a deeper connection. And mm-hmm. it's, it's it comes out of it must be insecurity. I, I I just that's all I can speak to it because I just never felt that I needed to say it or wanted to say it or had any reason to mm-hmm. say it. Here we are now, 2020, and why not have something that we can make our own? Um, mm-hmm. Right. There, It has always been the case that what is attached to being black and the black culture and a black person is trying, it's take, it try, white people try and, no offense. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> they you're try good. and take something that is not theirs, and I and that me personally, it's what I see, mm-hmm. um, stemming from all those years ago, hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. till today, and trying to turn something that is not theirs and make it their own. Yeah. But it's not for you. That's it's not your place. Yeah. Right. You know, everyone has stay in your lane. Yeah. Is what I would say. Then it goes <laughs> yeah. into colonism. Um. A lot of times, white people loved colonization because it was like they saw something that they liked, it was pretty, and they went and got it. And I feel like the N-word is just another form of colonization. It's like a word that it's a it's like this new utopia that new they've frontier, never, yeah. you know, that they, yeah, new frontier that you know it's 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 exciting. It, it doesn't have the ER, and it's just we we have to do it. We have to use it. We have to say it. And so, like you were saying, they just like things that are that they can't have. And, but, like, I think humans are like that in general, but, But also you know. speaking to, like, why black people say it, like, why we say the word. I think sometimes we choose, we'll choose entertainment and comfort over healing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, <laughs> like we'll choose to be funny and mm-hmm. to be comfortable. Because I think that that's a very interesting point, but I also think that it somewhat overlooks that we as human beings, we tend to, um, within our in, insular groups, take things that were that were meant to be derogatory and use them amongst ourselves as a sense of community. Every negative word that you can think of mm-hmm. that was started as a demeaning term is often adopted by those groups and used as a sense of solidarity. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a white and black situation. As you spoke of the LGBT community, they have you know they will still freely use those that like the effort amongst themselves mm-hmm. and it is an understood identity and not a derogatory term amongst themselves it's one of those things where the the issue here is that we've taken this term back but we've made it so popular that it is that statement that i want to be popular too you yeah. know that's why other people are trying to use it because they want to be as popular as we have now made this term. Mm-hmm. If if not for the very progressive mindset of a lot of people in the LGBT community, I think we would have the same conversation about the F word, especially in terms of its use in early hip hop and in late nineties hip hop. But because they Yeah, like because they have been like, no, you can't do it, period. They it, they've maintained that it is only for their community. And that's the only place that it's for. Otherwise, you are this other term. You are homophobic. You are you're transphobic. You're this, you're that. It becomes something that they have almost better protected than we have because no one is asking, why can't I say fag? 
Why no. can't I say trans? No one's asking that question. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we I think we do a good job of safeguarding the N word. I think we do. Like it's a lot of us who don't, who are protective of it and mm-hmm. try to, and try to keep people from saying it. But I do think that you can't have a discussion about internal use of the N word without having a discussion about self hatred. Yeah, and, and I, like demeaningness, mm-hmm. and I've heard that before. That people say, "Oh, we're healing from it because we say it," and it's yeah. like I get, I get that, I get that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, diversity in thought, and I think, um, I think that is 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 leaning on like an excuse to disrespect yourself. But that's yeah. just my view, and that's yeah. not everybody's view. Yeah, he started with well, I'm just curious, real quick. Um, because I don't know if we said, do you say it, everyone? Joel, I don't think, that, do you say it to I, yeah, I in, say as it. a term of endearment? Because I mean, you grew up say, not saying it. So have you changed it all? Like, because you changed listening to hip-hop and, like, you did you evolve and, like, start using it from, like, I will, casually? Or I will is say, it still I, not think, use it? I think I understand the word. And we we definitely have an understanding of the word. Mm-hmm. I think, like I, like we said, um, how you exist in an eternal group is different from how you exist to the rest of the world. So I would never disclose like how often I say it and when I, you know, mm-hmm. when I say it to people, but I think, mm-hmm. I think that, um, it's a difficult, uh, line to walk because you don't, because I understand the self-hatred and the history of it. And, uh, you've heard p- you've, people like Oprah have said that, um, it was the last word that some people heard mm-hmm. before they were lynched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a heavy thing yeah. to say. And, um, and I, I want to respect the history of it and mm-hmm. the culture of it. But also, like I said, I was introduced to hip-hop right. at, like when I was like 17, 18, you know, like mm-hmm. 15, 16, as far as liking hip-hop and, mm-hmm. and listening to it. So I got sucked into the culture, you know what I mean, and and, mm-hmm. and the discussion of it. Um, but like I said, sometimes we, we choose entertainment. Like we choose to be funny over yeah. the, the heavy stuff. In terms of protecting the word, I didn't start protecting the word in, until I got older like in my 20s like um like 20 something 20 let's say um when I was young and I was allowing it to be said because I went to a predominantly black school and then I went to a predominantly white school it was like it was this new situation I wanted to be liked and I didn't like love myself at that time I did not respect myself at the time so I said you know this is these people seem cool let me just let them say it and so I think it really People try to protect it, but most of the time when people don't protect the word and allow it to just be used loosely and not amongst the people who should be saying it, it's usually because they don't have any, like they don't, there's something internally that they're battling with that needs to be healed. Um, And that's not healing if you're allowing someone who's not black to say it. If it was just you amongst your black peers saying it, then I'd be like, okay, maybe you can have the argument of healing. Um, And also in terms of uh, struggle, like I think that black people have turned every struggle into something positive because we just have a great sense of humor. Right, and we didn't um, have a choice, right? Yeah, and so from the food to the culture to obviously language, we've found words that are supposed to be horrible and are just like risque and just horrible, or just negative, and we've made it something that's impactful or up- uplifting, like even bitch, like <laughs> black woman we'll be like what's up bitch like you know and it's like it's kind of just a a way of just saying like hey girl i see you and it's kind of you know effed up because it's like oh my god like you know bitch is supposed to be like such a horrible word but it's changed in the in the sense that now it's like oh that's my friend and i think it's so weird that all the the horrible words like the n-word and the b-word are turned into 
friend, you know? So I think it's, it's because it represents the, the duality of individuals. Mm-hmm. The other day I actually referred to myself as an N word by describing how I got, I got upset mm-hmm. and acted in a particular manner. That is the negative side of Victor Dandridge. That is the part of Victor Dandridge that you don't want to see. That's the one that, you know, I don't like to necessarily let out, but I recognize he's there. You know, I, it's, mm-hmm. it's me being true to my authentic self. Mm-hmm. I am a nice congenial person. Um, I, like I said, I can code switch like the best of them, mm-hmm. but that other guy is in there. Mm-hmm. If you push the right button, he comes out. And it's, it's like the Incredible Hulk situation. Mm-hmm. That's what he is because he doesn't mind being that. That's, that is something where it's a, we'll call it a justification. If you act in a certain manner, then this is what you'll get. And if that's what the term is to describe him, it's the best term that I have to describe him because it gives anybody that I give that context to a clear understanding of exactly what you're about to get, what you're about to receive. Yeah. It is a, an acknowledgement of my total self. Do I expect anybody else to label me that way? No, because they can't see that the total self that I can see. No one will have that level of self-reflection like I do yeah. because that's, that's always my mode is to always look at me and determine things for myself. So it's one of those things where um, I got to give a shout out to my mother who came up with this phrase, know them, they, those. Everything that happens in life, the rationale for it is never them, they, those. So if that other guy comes out, it's because I chose it. No matter what buttons you you pushed, I chose to be this way. So even in that sense of of uh, conscious belligerence, that's what it is. You know, um, I'm that person that I'll tell you right now. I've never been a victim of racism because I refuse to allow myself to be seen as a victim. That's my perspective of the content, you know, even like my first experience with the word that I cognitively remember a dude, a a white kid, I kid you not. I was in the first grade. He was in the fifth and he called my mom an N word, B word. Mm. I didn't know what the N word side meant, but I knew what the B word side meant. And I could tell by his tone, it wasn't something, it wasn't a compliment. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, um, even my little, you know, first grade self, I cold cocked him, broke his glasses. (laughs) He was talking about my mama. Like that's really all that I knew was that you were talking about my mother. What the context of the words were irrelevant. You were talking about my mom. Mm -hmm. So it's it's always in in that sense of of self. When he said that, I absolutely chose to become one in in the greater context of how we use it. I could have just walked away. I could have been like, you don't know her, whatever. That could have been the high ground. No, I chose to take that low ground. And I, and again, there's plenty of people that would say I'm justified in it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that the N-word in me ain't there. It's absolutely there. So I think, the I feel like the N-word, and also the B-word, but let's focus on the N-word. I think it's a <laughs> chameleon word. I feel like it just moves and changes depending on the context, obviously. And right. so I guess in like that context, F- huh? It's like the F-word. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, so in that context, for you, it was, it was like, um, it, you were saying like, you the when you were becoming a nigga, you were seeing it as like, oh, I was being like an, an asshole, like because you said like you had to check yourself. I, I was becoming a more aggressive person, yeah. whether because like sometimes when you, when you're an asshole, it's not justified. Mm-hmm. No one can look at it and be like, well, I get why he did that, mm-hmm. you know. But in the context that I was just a couple days ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, somebody came to my house, a grown a grown man came to my house asking if my son lived there. 
mm-hmm. excuse me? Like, why are you asking about my, who are you? Yeah. Then he came out because it was, I, I am being this aggressive person to protect my household. Mm-hmm. Now we could, you know, we could settle it amicably, but there were aspects of him that did not go away. Yeah. You know, it was a matter of until this is solved, you have to know that it is not, it is not a safe space for you to just come in here mm-hmm. and question my household. Yeah. This, this other guy that's in here, despite how, you know, nice or, or like I said, congenial I can be, or even intellectual that I can be, it, there is that other side. Never, ever forget yeah. that that part is there, so you the, know, and as long as, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, so the N word can be also mean aggressive, like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. definitely. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think we've had such a great conversation. Um, I kind of want to wrap it up and ask, like, do you? Oh, another thing I wanted to say, I when we talked spoke earlier about like you know wearing Tims and like appropriating Black culture, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to wear Tims, right? As a white person, if you want to wear Tims, you can wear Tims. If you Sean's wearing Tims, Tims right now, but I also have a corduroy shirt. On, so. <laughs> I, just, I was gonna say Tims, Tims were actually made for Black people initially, so. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um, I feel like, you know, if you want to listen to black music, you can. If you want to twerk, you can, you know, whatever. Just acknowledge where you're bring you're taking, like, the, acknowledge what you're doing. Acknowledge the, where that's coming from. Acknowledge the culture where it's coming from and understand and be honest with yourself and say, I respect and love black culture. And I, I like I want to. That's my thing. That's what I like to do. And don't like make it seem like, oh, I, like be I think you should love being black not just when it's convenient. Like, you should love it when it's, like, even when it's, like, there's Black Lives Matter and there's police brutality, you should love being black or love being, in like, uh, immersed in black culture as a white person when that's happening, too. Um, Don't just pick it because, oh, I like Kanye and um, I like Jay-Z, whatever. Do it when it's, like, everything's bad going happening to black people and also everything good is happening to black people. Um, And... You know, lastly, do you think, do you guys think that this word will stop being such a heated topic? Um, you know, heated. Do you ever think that people will stop saying the N word or this conversation will, that we're having right now will, you know, keep happening? No. 50 years from now? Like, do you think right. people are still going to be talking about the N word? <laughs> like, I think it's wrong. Like, I think it's right or yeah. whatever. Don't, don't hit it dead on. Like, yeah, we're going to no. be, it's our great, 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 great grandkids are going to be talking about. The N word, mm-hmm. because it's such a it's such a heavy, heavy topic, and there's so many layers to it, and it's so many. It, it involves us and other people, like other people outside of our culture. Mm-hmm. So, it's just gonna always be in like the lexicon, like of the discussion. I think. Yeah, and I think I'll give you the only way that it it'll stop is when Black people stop becoming as important to popular culture. That's the only way it'll stop because then the words that we use won't be as proliferated amongst others. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's such a, a stigma attached to it, even though, again, like you said, it's we've managed to change the, the meaning in today's era. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still that, you know, slavery that's yeah. still very poignant. Um, I'm talking outside of the thing again. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think it will continue on mm-hmm. even long after we're all gone. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's definitely going to be 
white idiots forever that'll just keep saying it. <laughs> yeah. And as long as there's, you know, those people, it's going to be said and they're going to want to say it and it, it'll just be the same thing. Not that this type of conversation isn't great to move yeah. things forward, mm -hmm. but there are going to be people that just don't get it and we're white people that just don't get it and we'll keep saying it and want to say it and use it in a bad way. But uh, maybe, maybe, may, you know, maybe if <laughs> hundreds of years everyone, you know, starts just mixing around and everyone's just beige, maybe, maybe that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe then there will be nothing. But until then, until then, until no, it'll be, it'll Probably definitely be a, a serious topic. And uh, uh, right. yeah, but I think this is good. I think this is good to yeah. have this conversation mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and move things forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I feel like it's. Yeah, I think also it might keep being appealing. Um, I feel like one of the things I touched on earlier was just a matter of just teaching people self-awareness. I feel mm. like mm -hmm. if we really educated the next generation, like the younger kids, like the next generation about who they are from an early age, love and like we taught them about loving themselves, I feel like right. self-identity would happen earlier for the, the kids and they would probably realize like really quickly, okay, I don't need to say this word and like, it's kind of like this the sense of like an in crowd. Like if if that one kid that wants to say it so bad starts seeing that everyone's like, I don't want to hang out with him or I don't want to hang out with her, they might start to feel like, okay, maybe I need to stop saying this word and like maybe I should like move on with my life. And then maybe slowly that might trickle down to it's not being said anymore because we're teaching people from a start from the early starts that you don't really need to say this. You don't need to and you you need to love yourself. You need to do this. And maybe people, and also another thing I wanted to say that black people do love themselves even though they say the N-word, but it's because they're saying it to other black people. Absolutely. But there's also the context that someone can argue, another black person say, well, you don't really love yourself because why do you have to say that? It's one of those words you're never going to know. There's no right or wrong. There are wrong answers. But it's like there's variations of right answers. Um, and it's just going to always be a topic. I think I would say it's the tone. Tone is everything, um, mm -hmm. even if you are using it with, with amongst your peers. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the tone is what sets it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you could, it could be lovingly. So yeah. right. I think that's what it comes down to. And I think um, it has to be from both sides of the table. Like, we have to hear from both sides. And I, I think that's why it's so good that Sean is here, because mm -hmm. we can have a discussion yeah. about mm -hmm. about it and, and how it affects both sides. Yeah. And it could also be black people could say the N word to another black person in like a, in a way that's being putting them down too. So there's mm -hmm. a, there's another com <laughs> yep. a, this is a long conversation, <laughs> but we don't want to I don't want to take it too long. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here t today. Like, thank you for just being a part of this. Um, thank you, Victor, for Skyping in. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're oh, you're awesome. Everyone's everyone's points were amazing. Yay. So, yeah. Have a 100%. beautiful day. Thank you, Gloria. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Squeamish, the podcast. Stay tuned for more amazing content. Whether it's serious to lighthearted topics, we've got you covered.